Right. Hey guys, how are we doing? Hi. Doing well? Good. Thanks for driving in the crazy snow to hang out today and share the bread and the cup. And we're glad to share with you guys what we've been doing in Portugal over the past year. So we put together a little presentation to show you uh, and so that you can see what you've been praying for, what you've been supporting, and also what you can be praying for for the future. So it won't take super long. We are planning on doing this at 12 and we are going to stay here. Uh, there's pizza coming at 12, so if you want to stay and eat, there should be plenty. And with the snowstorm, there might be extra. So <laughs> just putting that out there. Um, so yeah, Mason and I have been in Portugal since the end of February. Uh, we just got back in, to Georgia on December 4th. Um, and then came up here to New Hampshire for the past three weeks. And we're leaving to go to Florida on Tuesday to go to a missions conference. And then we'll head back to Portugal for another year. Uh, at, in like a week and a half, basically. So uh, the next Tuesday from now, yep. Um, so yeah, we're excited for that. We're getting ready for that and praying through, okay, what's the next year going to look through, what we're we aiming for, and what we're going to do after. So yeah, is there anything else you want to say before we start? All right, so uh, you can go ahead and put the next picture. Um, so this is just a, a slideshow of our stories and different experiences we had this year. Thank you, Dad. Um, thanks for adjusting it. I think someone's made it forward. So yeah, we, for the first month we got there, we were staying at a missionary's home who had gone back to Argentina because they're from Argentina. We have an international team of Argentines, people from Brazil, Chile, uh, Japan, France, um, all over the world have come to Portugal to serve there basically indefinitely to help the local church. Um, one thing I should say before we keep going is Word of Life is an organization that partners with local churches to help them have youth ministry. So whether that be providing experiences like a summer-long camp or coming into the church and showing them how they can start their own youth group, the goal is not to start uh, Word of Life churches, but to come alongside local churches that are al already established and give them the resources and help they need to grow and to reach their, the next generation for Christ. So yeah, we were there. I was really glad because this is the first time I actually used, uh, what is it called? A wood stove and I'm from New Hampshire. And it's like, come on, I should have known this by now. Uh, but I was a slave to that thing for like a month because uh, it was freezing and I was freezing my, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, and that's where Mason did her quiet time every day. So yeah, we enjoyed that. It was adjusting. I remember the first day we got there, the jet lag was so bad that I was like going in and out of consciousness for like three days. Um, Mason, you, you, there was a story that you really liked telling the oh, first no, day I got really there. It's really funny because he'd be like, okay, I'm not going to sleep. I'm going to do this. I leave the room and come back and he's like snoring on the yeah. couch. Like, <laughs> there are pictures of us in meetings and he's like sleeping in the back of the yeah. room. It was so funny. Not learning I've much. never seen someone jet lagged so bad. Yeah. And it's only five hours difference. It's not even like we're going to China or something. Yeah. It was so crazy. But to be fair, I had just moved with my wife to a foreign country I have no phone service, I have no internet, and I fall asleep in and out, and I wake up. I remember at one point, I woke up, I'm like, what did I just do? <laughs> like, we're in a different country, I'm completely reliant on anyone around me, and I, and I can't even speak the language, or I couldn't get out of here if I wanted to, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, throughout that first time, we call it the hub, where we are getting our initial training, doing language learning, meeting the other interns. There's three other interns besides us. 
In the beginning, there was four. One got married and went back to the States. Um, but yeah, lots of language learning with our, one of our favorite missionaries, Elia. She's a Portuguese native that works with Word of Life. And so she was teaching us phonetics of how to pronounce Portuguese. The cool thing about Portuguese, it's one of those languages where you can read it far, like, much longer before. I don't know how to say that sentence. Um, what did you say? I said easier. Yeah, I can, I can read it far before I can speak it and understand what I'm reading. Um, so even a month in, we were visiting local churches, and I could read and sing the whole song in Portuguese, and then the person in front of me would turn around and try to speak to me in Portuguese. I'm like, oh, no, falo português. And they'd be like, I heard you sing this whole time. So, yeah, is there anything about that? that okay, if you want to share something, you let me know. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, one of the cool opportunities we got early on was in Portugal, about 90% of the uh, Portuguese are Catholic. Now, we don't go there to convert Catholics to Protestants. That's not necessarily the goal. The goal is to show people Christ. And in Portugal, the Catholicism is so nominal that an average Portuguese person will say they're atheists and Catholic at the same time. Sorry, I'm not, not in the camera. There you go. Thanks, Dad. Uh, an average Portuguese person will say they're atheists and Catholic at the same time, which seems like there might be a little disconnect on what Catholicism is, <laughs> if that's what you believe. Uh, and so a lot of our work is helping people understand that Christ is not just this far off idea, but he's living and active and available. Um, yeah, in the 70s, or basically since the 15, 1700s, like Napoleon era, to the 70s of the 1900s, there has been like an authoritarian dictatorship that has mandated Catholicism. So as soon as you mandate a religion, that's a really easy way to make people not really follow that religion <laughs> fully, right? Or uh, I would say yeah. people would profess that they're Catholic because that's what's required by their government, but it did mm. not actually say anything about what they're believing in their homes. And so now when we come to a country, the stats say 90% Catholic. So you would think, oh, great, it's a Christian country. But everyone says that because that's what's been demanded of them for mm. years so like John said, that is not an accurate picture yeah. of the spiritual state of Portugal. Yeah. So I think that's an important note. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like the term Catholic has become more of an ethnic identity than a religious affiliation. Yeah, to be Portuguese is to be Catholic. Right. Like a Portuguese person does not like to admit not believing in God. Like yeah. they are Catholic, even if they've never stepped foot in a church. So here is the Azores, which is an archipelago in the middle of the, of the Atlantic that Portugal has because when they used to be a worldwide empire, they'd stop on here before they got to the Americas. Um, and we went to an island called Teixeira, which means third island. <laughs> and um, it has more cows than people. And there's about 40,000 people and three churches total with about 20 people each in each one. And so they're really struggling to s figure out how do we connect uh, there's very little youth in those churches. So one program that we got to do and that we do in mainland Portugal as well is called Go Play Plus, which is a program that where we go into public schools, we do English, and we do like uh, leadership building games for our kids, um, basically to introduce them to English. And also, we are not the only ones doing it. We're life missionaries. We bring local church members to come and help do it as well, and eventually they continue it beyond us uh, doing it. 
think. So sure. Go Play Plus <laughs> <laughs> is yeah. like an educational program that we do in the local schools. We're not able to go into the schools and share the gospel, mm-hmm. but the schools desperately want their students to learn English. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, as you guys know, being Americans, we're so blessed to have grown up in this country, a world superpower. And for the rest of the world, it's almost like they want to just learn English and try to be more like America. It's almost like a leg up in life. And so the schools, just like we are required to learn a foreign language in schools, they're required to learn English if they want to do anything in the business world, if they want to really, if you want to be successful, you have to learn English. And so... For us to offer this program, the schools are like chomping at the bit for us to come in and be able to do activities with their students because we're American and we we speak English. And so we will go in and like I said, we can't really share the Bible, but we'll set up stations and we'll just do games with the kids and we'll have them for like six minutes at each station. But each station has a game that they do together. They go crazy. They love it. And we have a theme attached to it. So afterwards, we'll just do little small group discussions and ask questions and talk about the importance of trust, the importance of respect, the importance of having a firm foundation for there's a game where they have to build the tallest tower and they have to try and make it. So we talk about the importance of having a firm foundation. And through that, we're able to connect them with local church members that are serving with us so that when we leave, for example, we're in the islands, we don't live in the islands. So we have local pastors and people in the church doing it with us. And then when we leave, they have connections, they have relationships that are established. And the kids have had a super fun experience that hopefully they will connect with the church outside of school Mm -hmm. and hear the gospel and be invested in. Um, So that's, I like to explain, go play (laughs) plus that way. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's been a huge gift and on the right picture is a place in Portugal where us as interns learned Go Play Plus so well that eventually they said, okay, you guys just go take care of it and you do it in this far off place. <laughs> so we drove for like an hour and did it at a evangelical camp. Um, and they had me lead it. So that was a lot of fun. Um, oh, and one thing that was really helpful, sorry, this is a little delayed. Um, I mentioned last week the struggle of going to a different country and not having people that are your own age that can speak your own language and understand you. Um, and the, that created just a, a gap in my community and relationships, um, especially since our intern team was all girls except for me, and I'm the married guy. So um, so that was a struggle in the, in the very beginning and, and still kind of is. Uh, but this guy right here, his name is Timotio or Timothy, um, and he's Portuguese. He's a missionary, single missionary for Word of Life. Uh, and him and I were able to make a connection during this Azores trip. He loves board games. I do too. And so that makes it work fine. <laughs> um, but that, he's been a really big gift to me. Uh, and I thought that was just an important thing to share as, you know, we're trying to share our experience of what it's like to move to a completely different country to serve uh, and making friends is a big part of that. And so he speaks English pretty well, um, but him and I have become really good friends, and him and I have actually been texting when we've been here. So, yeah, it's been a really big gift and an answered prayer for those who have been praying. So thank you. Mm-hmm. So uh, one thing that we get to do that's really fun is that a lot of trips from the U.S. or other places come to Portugal. Uh, Word of Life Portugal to get a taste in the ministry, um, that's originally how Mason first 
uh, got her experience at Portugal was her church doing yearly trips to Real Life Portugal, serving, getting to know the country and the people. Um, and so we had a trip come from New York, from the Word of Life Bible Institute in New York. And you can see some of them here. And also Isaiah. Isaiah came. If, I bet a lot of you knew. Um, and he came alone, stayed at, or we didn't have our apartment at that time. We were staying at Kenzie and Beto's house, which are Brazilian missionaries. Who are? Whom are? I don't know. Uh, in their apartment. Um, and that's a, that's a huge gift. I, as when you're thinking of short-term missions, sometimes people get in this idea, short-term missions are really bad because you don't really affect the country long-term. But in reality, what short-term missions do is one, they encourage the missionaries that are currently there, right? Um, visiting and seeing people and also bringing things from the U.S. that you can't get in Portugal is a big deal to a lot of missionaries. Um, including us. Yeah, including <laughs> us. And in addition, uh, it exposes people to cultural experiences that they wouldn't otherwise have had, right? And that's surprisingly important, I think, um, because before going to Portugal, I was like, okay, you know, it's cool to know different cultures, but I don't really need to do that. But once you do, especially as a Christian, who we, we believe that we're going to be resurrected into an eternity of multiple tribes and nations and tongues that are not just one, but many, um, to be able to appreciate that now, I need to start to get to know those peoples, right? Um, and also exp- it gets us thinking, okay, can I go to a different country or can I explore and see what that would be like to go do that? My dad has been kind of leading my church's efforts in Portugal since 2008. And for the past few years, he's been bringing high school students every year. And something that he likes to say for his students specifically is that it helps them to realize that life isn't just about you Mm -hmm. and getting them, ripping them out of their own culture, taking them to a new place with new people, a new language. It's just a totally different experience. That's honestly is really hard to describe if you've not experienced it. Mm -hmm. And so he also views it kind of as worldview training for his students to help them see the world is a much bigger place than just... Woodstock, Georgia, or Concord, New Hampshire, and that the whole world is made in God's image, not just Americans, not just whoever. And if every single person in the whole world is made in God's image, yet that image is so different from culture to language to nation, then honestly, I think we miss out on a picture of God. We miss out on a lot of parts of God when we stay in our own culture, because our culture is not just who God is. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I, it helps us to also know our God because he didn't just create right. America. He created so many nations and languages that you don't get to experience in this type of way if you stay in one place. So mm-hmm. it's it's just a really valuable experience. We yeah. could go on and on about how valuable it is, but yeah. yeah. Um, I, mean, I love what Mason just said because something that I think of and I like to share a lot is that the image of God doesn't mean that we all become one person or uniformity. It means, it means unity and diversity. That if I looked exactly like Jesus, I actually wouldn't be a Palestinian rabbi, right? Um, I would be a, no, a normal person that has the qualities of Christ, right? Um, and so if Mason and I were perfectly like Jesus, she would image God in a way that I cannot, right? And I'm going to image God in a way that she cannot. And that's why we have a body of believers that comes together 
because my dad is imaging Christ the best way he can, but he needs a group of people to get the full picture, right? We need the mosaic to come together. So, yeah. Um, so here's more Gold Play Plus. We're doing a game called Batatas uh, Fritas Spaghetti Almondiga, which is... French fries, spaghetti, sausage ball, yes. or meatball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where we have different symbols and we go through that. Another picture, that's in the Azores. Um, another opportunity that we have that's a part of our weekly rhythm is doing a program called 51. So Word of Life does a camp, one camp, one week camp out of the whole year for churches. So they have a curriculum for the rest of the year called 51 because there's 51 other weeks in the year. Uh, to help with local churches to have a curriculum to teach their youth. And so a lot of the churches haven't really latched onto that or had any kind of youth groups so far. And so what we've been doing on our property is hosting a 51 and then showing that to local pastors and then going to those churches and helping them start their own. So for the past two years, including this year, They've been doing their own 51. Here's a picture of it. We meet in different households every day at, at the missionary's home. This is at our apartment. This is at uh, Polly and Niels, who are an Argentine and French missionary. This is right outside their house. That's Polly and that's Niel. Um, they have a kid who's quadrilingual because their dad speaks Spanish. Their mom speaks French, so they all speak English. And they had to learn Portuguese to be here. So it's pretty crazy. Um, where was I going with that? 51. So we've been doing that every week and we've been, that's been our biggest exposure to Portuguese because all the kids are speaking Portuguese and they clap every time we speak one word in Portuguese. Uh, and through that, there's been four, I think, different churches that have started 51s, two in the north of Portugal and two in the south, uh, churches that previously didn't have youth groups or a consistent youth ministry are now starting one, right? Which is Incredible. That's exactly what we want. Something that's important to understand about Portugal is that the reality of the church is very different there than it is here in the States. So here, I come from a church of 6,000. It's <laughs> massive. And like the youth ministry is huge. And throughout the South, a lot of that too. And I know that a lot of churches in the Northeast also, Northeast also have different youth ministries available. But in Portugal, like we shared earlier, the reality of how many people are believers, I think the statistic is maybe like 1.5% evangelical Christian in the population of Portugal. And so the churches are really small. Usually it's one person, the pastor who does everything. And there aren't a lot of youth. Usually bivocational as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There aren't a lot of youth. And then where there are youth, there usually aren't uh, adults to lead them or to invest in them. And so the reality of the church in Portugal, why we think youth ministry is so important, is that right now there's not a next generation in the church. And so the reality of Portugal is that if we don't invest in the youth, the church will die. Mm -hmm. The church will not last beyond this generation if we don't start investing in the youth. Mm -hmm. And so having opportunities like this to gather with teenagers and just be a safe place for them to laugh, to have, we always feed them because they're teenagers, <laughs> play games, have a lesson. And then after every lesson, they're paired with some of us missionaries and we have just little small groups with them talking through what's going on in your life this week. How does this apply? How can I encourage you and pray for you mm -hmm. um, to help them grow in their faith and to see that Jesus isn't just this thing you do on Sundays. He is the, the way to life. He is the source of abundant life and helping them to see how 
that actually impacts you. It's not just like, a, oh yeah, I'm good when I die, but like it actually gives me hope today. And that's not something they're getting in churches. So to be able to do this with our own local kids and then model it for churches and encourage the churches to tell them you have what it takes mm -hmm. to invest in the youth and then enabling them to do that is, I just think who knows what the Lord will do with that. Who knows how much longer the church will be able to thrive because of the youth that he's allowing us to invest in right. now, if that makes sense. So this like 51 is my favorite part of the week. I feel like every week I'm with these kids. I'm like, you are the reason I'm here. Like, I love you to death. It is the best part mm -hmm. of our week. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. 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 And so here's some different uh, opportunities we've had to teach and to share what we're doing. I, this is my first time teaching at 51. This kid doesn't look like he's having a good time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just noticed that. He's probably sneezing. Not crying, I promise. Um, and when that whole group from New York came, we shared what it's like to do CCI in Portugal. We had a presentation for them. Um, and this, on the far right, there's a local, like, private Christian school that's international that we partner with to do a chapel with every month. Um, and in that picture, you have one of our friends, John Graham from Georgia. He came with a trip and he taught uh, that week because they do English there. Um, but there's been times where I've taught as well and we've done music there before. Um, so those are just other things that we've been able to do. Um, here is a picture of Mason's dad in the blue. Uh, coming because he manages the relationship between First Baptist Woodstock, which is our other sending church, Mason's home church in Georgia, with Word of Life Portugal. And yearly they send uh, youth trips to come help with camps when we're camp crazy and uh, to expose the youth to a different culture and everything. So there's him sharing a little bit. Um, this is, these are pictures that were, I'm confident, were taken before we got our apartment, which is, it's on the opposite side. This is one building with like four or six apartments, but it's that one right there. Um, we were looking for an apartment. If you guys have read our newsletters for like the first two, three months that we were there, which meant that we were jumping house to house as newlyweds for 11 months straight. Yeah. With the report raising. I don't recommend. No, I don't. <laughs> Uh, just in case you're wondering if that's a good idea. Um, and we visited a bunch of different apartments, and there were times where we were about to buy, and we're like, okay, this kind of meets what we want, uh, and it was expensive, and then it fell through, or the realtor had lied to us because you don't need licenses as much to be a, a real estate person in Portugal, so there's a lot of deception, uh, which is fun. And when we visited this place, uh, we weren't sure if we were going to get it, but it was actually one of the, it was cheaper than the other ones that we had been viewing, other than one that was like super tiny in the middle of nowhere without a kitchen. Um, <laughs> uh, and so we were looking at this and it met exactly what we wanted. Uh, Mason had always wanted to see the ocean, but more importantly, we wanted a guest room to host people. Uh, we wanted a lot of space to be able to have 51 and have 30, 40 people in our home. Um, and this space was perfect. Mm -hmm. I really like to think of this apartment as just the Lord's provision for yeah. us because 
the housing economy, from what I understand of New Hampshire right now, it's a lot of the same over there, where there are so many people that need homes, no homes are available, so every home is like wicked expensive. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's so cool, during the process of being disappointed about so many apartments, there was one in particular that I was like so wanted, and then we found out the realtor had been dishonest with us. And I was so distraught over it and just so upset. And like, Lord, why do people keep being liars? <laughs> <It's> so rude. <laughs> and I I don't remember where you were. I was just so upset one night. And I texted my friend, Anayel. She lived a few apartments down from where we were staying at the time. And she's actually invested in me since I was a little girl. Because whenever they were stateside, they stayed with my family. And obviously, we visited them a lot. And I just went to her house because I needed to cry and talk to somebody and for someone to pray with me. And after we prayed, she was like, oh my gosh, I just remembered. I have a friend of a friend who's in real estate. I'm going to ask her if she has any houses. And so we heard back. She had this house. It hadn't even gone public yet. She'd only showed one other person. But when she heard about our story, how we'd been looking for months and hadn't found anything, she showed us the apartment and she was like, I'm not going to show it to anyone else if you're interested. Like, if you want, I'll just stop right here. And she was like, I am sorry, I did already show it to one other person, but like, if you want it, like, I'll fight for you. <laughs> and it was like everything that I dreamed of. And I had told the Lord so many th times, like, I really want to see the ocean, but like, <laughs> I know that that's not really the most important thing in the house. <laughs> so it was cool to see how surrendering that to the Lord and saying, Lord, these are the desires of my heart. This is what I would love to have. But I also know that it's really not that important. I can live forever as long as I can make food and sleep. <laughs> and how the apartment that I had prayed so desperately for that had fallen through was, I think, me settling and compromising on the desires of my heart. Because it would have been a nice space, but it went much further away. Much we would have been the only people from our team in that town. And we were kind of like, well... We don't speak Portuguese yet. We really want to be alone in this town. And just to see how I wanted it so bad. And the Lord was like, no, like I have something better for you. And he didn't tell me that. I felt like he was silent the whole time. But, but eventually we got this place and it was just checked every single thing off the list. We live right by the ocean and we can see it. It's beautiful. We also have amazing neighbors that we love to connect with. It's a pretty international apartment complex. So it's been nice to connect with people and they don't speak Portuguese either. So we get to encourage them and mm -hmm. yeah, it's everything yeah. that we could have dreamed of. And we have a guest room, so you're all welcome anytime. Yeah, Just yeah. let us know. Yeah. You buy a plane ticket, we'll buy your food. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And with our experience with apartment, you guys can be praying for us for this next year because our goal will be to, one of, one of our prayers is to start a Bible study in our local community. There's no church at all in Edie Seda where we live. Um, one of the other missionaries has started a Bible study right in the old town. We're in like more of the residential area. Um, and most of the people living near us are like in their 40s and they have five-year-olds. So they're like uh, older than us. Um, and so I don't know exactly how that would work or what that would look like. And um, we're praying that we'd be able to meet other believers if there's any there that God would somehow connect us. Um, so that we can reach this apartment area specifically for for Christ and to share there. Um, so yeah, I'll be praying for that. We have Finnish neighbors. We have neighbors from Germany. We have Portuguese people that work remotely for like surf companies because there's a lot of surf in this area. Um, so yeah, it's 
there's a lot of um, opportunity and we've been able to connect a lot. So pray that we'd be able to connect more. Our town, Ediseta, is a pretty uh, touristy place because I think maybe in 2011 or no, within the last 10 years, our like stretch of beach has become the only world surf reserve in Europe. Mm -hmm. And so our land is now protected. So people come from all over the world to surf. And so it's a very unique community of people. And I don't surf. Jonathan sort of surfs. And so just learning how to invest in the people that are here because our town specifically if you go like one town over, it's like all Portuguese people. You can't speak English. But in our town, there are people from like all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just a different approach yeah. to ministry with so many people from all over. But it's a unique opportunity. So here's the example of our house filling up. These are two guys from Tennessee that came to our local church of all Portuguese people that partner with the church in Tennessee. Um, and so we hosted them in Ediseta for a couple of days to show them the Word of Life property and to show them around Ediseta what our life looks like. Uh, we usually play Catan with anyone that comes to our house. So that's us playing that game. That game was crazy. I'm not going to explain it right now. If you want more, you can ask me. Um, this is me putting together. I, I put together like so much IKEA furniture because that's like the main furniture you get in Europe. Uh, so that's me putting together a quiet time chair for Mason because uh, that's something that we were praying over. This is an example of camp. So this was our Easter camp, which was Minecraft-themed. It was called Heavencraft. <laughs> uh, but lots it's of... for elementary school kids. Yes. So lots of elementary school kids. We got to... Mason got to lead the cleaning team. I helped with a video. If any of you saw that in our newsletter, we could probably send it out again this week to the church. Um, but it, I've been helping with media and doing video and stuff like that. One, one of the reasons why... I got a new computer was so I could do video editing. Um, so yeah, that's been a gift. This is one of our highlights of the whole year is doing camps. Um, or do I have to point it over here? Where did I point it? Or maybe it's dead. Oh, there we go. Um, this is during the summer itself. We had increased in Portuguese enough to help with more leadership. So we served... Um, by helping the camp crew, which are, or we call them ninjas, but they're high school volunteers that come to help with the whole summer. Um, So we helped schedule them, get them where they need to be, train them for different areas. So there's music, there's us sharing the gospel with strangers (laughs) in Edisada, and there's us uh, awarding the camp crewer of the week at the end. I don't know why I look so angry in that picture. I think you're (laughs) mid-blink. I wasn't angry. Yeah. a lot of the youth are super hungry for learning and learning the Bible more. And so during that time, this is a picture. I'm not allowed to like take pictures of faces. People are a lot more serious about that in Europe if you don't ask permission or anything. Uh, so we have very little pictures of actual conversations with people. Um, but I led apologetic sessions where we talked through why we believe in the resurrection, other things that are really basic to the Christian faith, but most kids have no idea why they believe what they believe, and then they're going out and sharing the gospel with strangers, and they're like, wait, uh, what do I believe, right? Uh, so you help them work through that before they go out and talk with a stranger. Um, so that's been a gift. There's us hosting at our home a lot more. Um, go back. Go back? Yeah. Okay. I think this is a really unique opportunity because throughout the summer, as we're building relationships with the teenagers, we just started to learn that they have so many questions. And it just hit me like... I don't know why it didn't hit me all year long, but like when we were doing the slideshow in Georgia, I was like, wait, 
my college education is in the Bible. Like I forgot about that. And it's cool to see how the Lord actually equipped us to be able to go and answer their questions that it's not just like, Oh, well, I think this is what the Bible says. We're like, no, we studied the Bible and we haven't finished our degree yet, but we're getting there. Mm -hmm. And just that the Lord has enabled us to be able to be equipped to answer their questions. And Mm -hmm. It's just such a unique opportunity. We did some sessions, like guys and girls split, and some of the girls would ask questions, and we'd be able to talk, and they would say, thank you for talking to me. If I were to ask someone in this in my church, they wouldn't talk to me about it. Or, like, I would try, but no one will talk to me. And I don't know why that is, if it's just their church or culture or whatever, but it's cool that they have questions and that they feel like they've found a place that they can ask them. And for them to be encouraged that there actually are answers, Mm -hmm. that it's not just this weird thing that I guess it's somewhere in the Bible, or I guess I just have to have more faith. Like, no, God gave us his Bible and there are answers. Mm -hmm. We just need to find them. And sometimes they need help. And so that's been really encouraging. And one of our prayers, and we've already talked with youth in our church to do this because they want to start their own youth group. Um, is to come to our house for a weekend where we can do like intensives and work through different parts of scripture. And have fun. Help them learn, have fun, uh, play Catan. So um, yeah, you guys can be praying for that as we move into this next year. I'm going to move a little quicker because we need to end. Um, but yeah, there's us hosting at our house more. Again, we have a lot of space and it's been such a blessing. We, for the entire month of September, we took buses to Lisbon and back every day to do an intensive in Portuguese which we both increased a lot. I like to say I can speak caveman and Mason can speak on the phone. So that's our level right now. Um, There's more opportunities of us teaching, Mason helping out during a dad camp with the kids and me helping at the chapel that we serve at. We got this really unique opportunity to go to France to help with Word of Life France for a week of camp. Uh, And that was the first time I led music probably since church here. Um, Our team in in Portugal, we're very blessed. I think we're one of the largest international teams that doesn't have a Bible Institute on our property because obviously if we had a college, we'd had more people. But um, the team in France doesn't have anyone on their team that is musically inclined. And so they asked our team and our director handed it off to Jonathan and was like, this is yours. Take it. And so it was really cool to see Jonathan get to use the gifts that he's developed here at Cornerstone for so many years in Portugal to build a team, to choose music, and to lead worship for a kids' camp. Yeah. It was all in English because we don't speak French, but yeah. it was still fruitful. <laughs> Not the whole camp. I mean, the music was in English. Uh, these are some books that Mason got to go through throughout the year. Uh, we're always trying to read more, understand more um, as we go throughout. Well, the other one, it didn't have a title on it. That's called The Gospel Comes with a House Key. <laughs> yeah, this book is all about hospitality and how life with Jesus actually like bleeds into your home. And then the other book, The Bedrock of Christianity, that one took me a while. It was very scholarly. It was kind of hard to read, but I highly recommend. Mm-hmm. It basically talked about why Christianity is actually legit outside of the Bible. Like what is actual historical evidence that Jesus lived, died, and rose again And just, like, the actual proofs Mm -hmm. of that. It was very, like, wow, okay, what I believe is legit. And whenever I've had thoughts of, is my Bible even trustworthy? I'm like, okay, well, even if not, like, Jesus really did die and rise from the grave because of all of this historical evidence. So that was a very, like, solidifying 
book for my faith. Another part of our weekly rhythm is we don't have a specific person that's dedicated to property management, and we have a lot of properties, so we go there every week and come together as a whole team, no matter your position, and work on the property together. Uh, so painting, painting the courts, uh, scraping, uh, other weird things that happen. This is a this is a, what do we call? This is Marty. This is our Honda that we have borrowed and get to drive in Portugal. Uh, it's an automatic, but we're going to be using a manual this coming year. That's for us. Garrett McNamara, which is the guy that surfed the first 100-foot wave in the world. And he was just sitting at a cafe. So we're like, it's like our beach, yeah, like the that beach guy. that we live at. And I was yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't meet him. He was like super famous. <laughs> yeah. So that was cool. Um, examples of people that we hosted or showed what life is like in Portugal. Um, this is a guy, a disciple. Uh, called Manu or Emmanuel, and we got to go to a Portuguese game, soccer game. Soccer is huge in Portugal, and the tickets are actually pretty cheap. So that's something that I've invited him to go on to get to know him more. Um, this is Brian. He's a guy from Mason's Church. He came for the entire summer after coming for one week in April. Um, and so we got to host him and invest in him. I discipled him for that time. These are girls that Mason has spent time with and discipled. Again, if you guys have questions afterwards, we'd love to tell you more about these things. Um, and then to end the year, right before we came back, we had a whole team retreat. So the, here's a picture of our entire team. You can see we have, there's like 20 kids and tons of adults and all different families and everything. Mason's family got to come because her church hosted the entire retreat. Um, but that was a huge blessing before we came back to just get a review, to be with the team without the pressure of, okay, we need to host and do everything. Um, yeah, and that's it. So, um, yeah, we are excited to go back this year, and you guys can be praying for us as we step up in our Portuguese. We're going to have a lot more consistent language learning, um, and we're hoping to step into our local church more, uh, help with whatever they need help with. Um, so, yeah. You're coming up, or yeah. shall I pray? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, come on over. Um, so, I think most of you know that... Right yeah, I don't want to... There we go. Yep. I, I think most of you know that uh, we are a sending church for John and Mason. They mentioned that in the program that her church in, uh, in Georgia and our church here are financially supporting mm -hmm. uh, them in this mission. In addition to, I know many of you who are uh, listening or watching or here today are also personally supporting them. So uh, every time you give, you are making an impact in, like they were describing, making sure that the gospel continues to get out and that there is a vibrant church presence mm -hmm. in this part of the world, not just now, but for the next generation and the next generations as well. And so uh, I always like to be reminded of that and remind other people of that, that you know, sometimes we automate our giving or just kind of, you know, it just becomes a part of it and we don't think about, you know, this, this isn't just charitable giving. It is actually making an impact and people's lives, people's eternities are going to be different because of what you, and if you give at Cornerstone, whether you give, whether you're personal supporters or not, you are playing a part in accomplishing the mission that they are a part of. So just wanted to remind you of that. 
And I wanted to be able to pray for you guys as we wrap up today. So would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for John and Mason, their willingness to uh, say yes to you. We've talked a lot today, a song about surrendering to you. And Lord, I know that that is their heart's desire to just be open to you and whatever you call them to do, wherever you call them to do it. I pray, Lord, that you would bless them, that you would watch over them, that you would keep them safe, that it would be a fruitful ministry, that uh, you would give them the privilege of uh, your working through their work, your laboring through their labors. And Lord, I thank you for the growth and the work that you are doing inside of them, already have done, and the things that you will teach them, the ways that you will reveal yourself to them, the ways that you will encourage them and bring them into greater and greater conformity to the image of Christ through what happens in this next year as well. We thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.